Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello. Yeah, what are you doing? You're on. Oh, the guest is on. You can go. I'll just cut out the beginning. You're done. Hi there, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for Modern Love Radio Podcast. We've got a really interesting show tonight because I don't know anyone who hasn't struggled with buried feelings, buried beliefs, that drive our behavior, especially in our love lives. And do I need to say that those buried feelings and beliefs wreak havoc in our love lives? I know all about it. I certainly grew up with a lot of feelings that got in the way in my own love life because I didn't feel lovable or I felt scared or I felt anxious about being abandoned or rejected because that had been a childhood experience. I don't know about you, but most of us have had some of those experiences. Our guest tonight is a certified life skills coach, the co-creator of a revolutionary counseling paradigm that is solution-oriented and modeled after the principles taught in one of my favorite inspirational books, A Course in Miracles. Among other modalities, our guest is Joyce Shapers, and Joyce is going to teach us some strategies that provide a re-education about our emotions and about our relationships. You're going to learn about the cycle of unresolved emotional pain. You'll learn about emotional deafness. Many people suffer from emotional deafness. They just can't hear the other person's feelings or their own. And you'll learn about a new way of cultivating intimacy. And here at Modern Love, we know all about the importance of cultivating intimacy. You know, often we think that we meet someone, we fall in love, and it's supposed to just sail along and be easy. Not that. We actually have to grow ourselves and grow our heart's capacity, not that we have to be part of the other person growing too, so that we can get the right tools to cultivate love. So we have spent all of our time at Modern Love Training creating wonderful opportunities for you to learn about love, how to grow love, how to keep your love strong and ever-expanding, and above all, 
how to have more ease and joy. So visit me at www.drbrendaway.com or please join me and a wonderful group of people in our Modern Love community for an in-person live one-day training once a month here at our Modern Love Academy in San Francisco. In fact, we have a training coming up this Saturday, November 11th. Or did I get that right? That's the 11th? Nope. Counting the days? Yes, I believe it is the 11th. It's this coming Saturday. At any rate, from 10 to 6, we have special guests who will be Skyping in live from the U.K., Annie and Stephen Sweet, who are going to talk about the miracle of creating a great love in your life. Now, this training is called Unleash Your Magic, Five Keys to Miracles and Manifestation in Your Life. So join us. You can go to Eventbrite to register for the next 24 hours. We have a wonderful early bird special, and there are only five spaces left, so act now. Now, let's take a look at our Ask Dr. Brenda question Keep those questions coming, you guys. I really like to answer them. Dear Dr. Brenda, my boyfriend and I are in a long-distance relationship. We were supposed to be splitting our visits 50-50 between our cities, and initially it worked just fine. Then his work schedule changed, and now he visits me once a month, and I drive for hours to see him. He says it's less trouble for me and only fair that I travel to see him. I miss the weekends in my city with my friends, and it makes me sad he doesn't make the effort to see me. What do you think is right? Tapped out in Oakland. Tapped, you know what? This may be just the kind of thing that we're going to be talking about tonight, which is emotional deafness and some issues with communication because it doesn't work for the relationship unless both people feel honored and heard. And for you to do the driving and begin to build up resentment isn't going to work either. So two things I want you to do. Number one, dump the resentment because I heard it in the question and get to a place of open-hearted compassion and sit down with him and say, I have deep compassion for where your schedule is And I need you to have compassion for my need to visit with my friends and family, too. Let's figure out something that works for both of us. Because when you both come to this with goodwill, I'll bet you'll find a solution. So let me tell you a little bit more about Joyce Schaefer, and then we're going to welcome her to the show tonight. It's been said that teachers teach what they need to learn. And Joyce Schaefer says her most challenging pattern to overcome has been in the area of her intimate relationships and I'm going to let you tell her more tell us more about her story Joyce welcome to the show glad to have you oh well thank you for having me Brenda I really appreciate it I'm excited to talk to you <laughs> and yes about my pattern certainly it's um uh, this this counseling model that I developed was really born out of the need to end my negative relationship patterns. So, um, so it was you know a year years in the making, but um, it definitely had to do with the emotions, like you were saying earlier, the unmet emotional needs that you know we harbor and then we don't realize how they're wreaking havoc in our lives. So it certainly had 
everything to do about that. <laughs> wow. So when you say you had a pattern wreaking havoc, tell us a little more about how that showed up for you. Okay. Well, I had basically a series of of three failed relationships, and they were relationships with people who were alcoholics, and it, they all ended up leaving me for someone else. Okay, so when my ex-husband left me, I was left with this realization that I was the common denominator in all of the, the relationships. So there was you something You mean you didn't me. just blame the other people, Joyce, which is what most of us do. It's the other person's fault. Well, well, maybe for a couple minutes I sure did, <laughs> or more than okay. a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, um, but but that's you know I realized I was the common denominator, and you know I kind of always talk in terms of our broken bits and I always feel like you know we most of us have a few little bit of broken bits within us that we kind of bring into the relationship and what I learned is and and over the course of many years of, of you know working on on myself to break my pattern and then with other couples is that you know our unresolved emotional pain from the past really is what's responsible for creating so many problems in our relationships. So yeah, for and me, it is so much mm-hmm. easier, Joyce. I mean, I was joking a little bit about blaming the other person, but that's what most people do. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have a hard time identifying what you're calling the broken bits. You know, I like to call those the invisible wounds because mm-hmm. we've all got them. And when you discovered what had caused you to choose three alcoholics who would leave you for other people, what did you drill down to? I so appreciate your openness. It's so important for everyone to know that just because we are experts does not mean we have not been on the road of heartbreak. I certainly have. I talk about it all the time. And, you know, for me, I chose depressed, angry people because my Mm -hmm. mother was depressed and angry. And that's right. what I was comfortable with at the time. Right. Well, and for me personally, it was um, based on um, kind of feeling invisible, really, as a child growing up. I was the youngest of, of six kids, and, you know, I was pretty much a surprise. And, and you know, I you know, I know I had great parents and, you know, pillar of the community type people, but really I think, um, you know, when I speak a lot about trauma, and I'm sure you're, you know this as much as anyone else, is that trauma varies in degree and severity, right? So on one end of the spectrum, trauma is severe abuse, and on the other end of the spectrum, it could simply mean, like, emotional disconnect. So I would say that was kind of right. more my experience. Right, you and know, it's is like, if I can just frame this very quickly, what you said is very important because there are a lot of people who say wow i had great parents there was nothing big or heavy you know they didn't beat me they didn't this or that but we know that there are 14 identified adverse childhood experiences and feeling abandoned even if your parents were there is on the list because Mm -hmm. how a child feels determines what shapes not just uh you know, our beliefs and our thoughts, it actually changes the brain because mm-hmm. it creates anxiety for a child to feel disconnected. Now, I'm geeking out. All of our <laughs> listeners know that I'm the world's biggest research geek and how the brain works is, you know, my bread and butter. That's where I started my career. So I apologize, Joyce. I didn't warn you about that part. <laughs> no problem at all. It's all very interesting to me. Of course, I'm very passionate about it too. So, 
So, yeah, so for me, you know, what created that, that idea of feeling unwanted kind of was my, what I call my unmet emotional needs. So I had a need to feel wanted. I had a, a need for that validation to say, you know what, who I am is okay and good enough. But, you know, but that, that need kind of went remet, um, remained unmet. And so how it manifested for me was looking outside of myself to get that need met. And, and for me, I chose men. It's, I wanted that validation from someone else um, to prove to me that I was wanted, that I was lovable, that I was good enough. And, you know, I chose, yeah, <laughs> for one thing, that's never going to work. We can never, you know, I talk in terms of empty cups and full cups. We can never right. fill ourselves up emotionally from something outside from of ourselves. somebody else, that's right. But the other side of it is we all do this crazy, uncanny thing where our subconscious, and it's also, again, patterns in the brain that were installed eight and younger when everything we can see, hear, touch, taste, and smell gets downloaded into the brain. And here's a little girl feeling unwanted and invisible, and you chose men who could only treat you that way because they were in the grips of a disease. Right. Right. And, and you know, and, that, and, and now I look back and it's perfect. It's, there's all perfection in it because for me, what ended up making it so I could break that pattern was that, you know, it was, thank goodness in a way they couldn't fill me up because I realized I had to do that for myself. And it was at that point you know, that I, that I really got it, that I really realized, you know what, I don't need anything outside of myself. Anything that I could possibly ever need of substance is already inside of me. And really, I have to say, Brenda, that was the turning point. When I really got it, when I really filled my own cup, <laughs> when, I, when I, you know, kind of, I always talk about getting on that hamster re- wheel of striving and never yeah. finding happiness, but right? But you also, it sounds like we're doing a lot of transformative work on yourself. It wasn't sort of a magical realization that you woke up one day and all of a sudden, because I know how much, <laughs> right. I know how much work it takes and that it is an ongoing evolutionary process. In fact, I truly believe that that's why we're here. We're here to learn how to love, love ourselves and love others and allow others to love us and so on. So when you look at relationships, what do you believe is at the root of the most common communication problems? Yeah, well, I think it's that unresolved emotional pain. You know, I always say what we, didn't, what we needed most and didn't get emotionally as a kid is the exact thing that we're trying so desperately to get from our partner, but we don't, most of us don't even really know that we're doing that. And so, and so then that's why it creates havoc because it's this, this cycle of trying to be filled up <laughs> externally by our partners and, and it never working because it can't work. It's, des- it's not designed to work that way. <laughs> We're designed right. to fill our own cup. Is that why most relationships fail in your view? Or not I most, believe but so. I would say we're, we're at about 51%. Right. Is that why 51% fail? Well, I tell you, when couples come to me, they always talk about, they always just seem to describe the same thing. They have these one or two hot topics these, you know, topics that they can never seem to resolve, that they argue about over and over exactly. and over again. Exactly. Yeah, and, and so when I come to them, what I, you know, when I get to the root of it, it, it always stems back, most times it stems, stems back to that 
unresolved pain from the past. So it's, it's this cycle of trying to be filled up externally and, and, and it not happening. And, and then, of course, because they don't really realize that's what's going on, they don't know how to communicate effectively, so they tend to fight about the surface stuff, right? They tend to fight about the behaviors, um, you know, rather than the behaviors or something on the outside. You know, the number one thing couples fight about is money. So the right. money becomes the outside thing because God knows in, you know, my long career <laughs> being the yeah. love doctor, I have worked with, I'm not kidding, thousands and thousands of couples, you know, through television and blah, 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 this and that. But I have seen over and over and over that money becomes a symbol. You know, mm-hmm. if you handle money well, then that means I'll be safe. If you don't right. handle it well, I'm at risk. If you don't give me what I want, using your money in this way, it means you don't love me. And it becomes this big symbol. And when you talk about couples having hot topics, I'll bet you've seen that's one of the big ones and that it goes back to what you said. Money is just another code word for am I worthy? Because self-worth, net worth start getting very confused in my experience. Right, and and other emotions as well, like you said, feeling safe, um, you know, feeling in control, feeling um, empowered. There's lots of emotions that people assign to money. Money on its own is just simply, you know, a monetary object that you or that you buy you buy things with. But the problem is when we assign all this emotional meaning to it. And yet we don't know that we're actually doing that. We're not getting to the root of the problem, which is helping someone learn how to feel safe, helping someone learn how to feel worthy. So they're not placing all that pressure on either money or their partner or whatever the case may be. So how do you approach that, Joyce? Because I know that you have been using Course in Miracles and a number of other tools, and I loved, love, love the idea of Course in Miracles because, of course, uh, there's so many things from uh, I love, but my favorite, and I'm hoping you're going to delve into this, is Course in Miracles says forgiveness is the key to happiness. And I've been in so many conversations with my friend Marianne Williamson about Course in Miracles, about forgiveness, and how do you weave all that into your work with couples? Well, uh, for me personally, um you know, I had a sister who was murdered, so that was definitely an opportunity for oh my forgiveness. God. An opportunity, yeah. Terrible. So that you know, so that was you know I'm one of the very, very sorry first. For your loss, oh. my goodness. Thank you, but it was you know certainly one of the very first experiences I I had in really applying that principle. But then, you know, when I when I moved forward in my life and I started having relationship difficulties, I I also used it in the way you know the Course in Miracles at least my take on it, is that, you know, really everything is a projection from inside of us. So, so again, it goes back to the broken bits. So, you know, my failed relationships, you know, were really just stemming from inside of me. And, and it's easy to forgive something that you see out there, something bad that's happening, when you realize that the source of it is really coming from within. And, and it's yeah, and that's actually, the hard part, Joyce. I really want to drill down right there because spending all my days, you know, training couples, teaching couples, writing books, you know, about love, I honestly find 
this is the most challenging piece. And I would love for you to illuminate how you approach helping people to stop this projecting. Because that's where I find most people get stuck. It's you. Mm -hmm. It's not me. It's what you're doing, how you're doing it, what you're saying, how you handle money, how you don't handle money, the weight you have, the weight you're not, you know, all of these externals. And it is so hard to break what I call the hypnosis of the other person being the problem and bring that back to yourself. Right. So when I work with couples, you know, I bring them in and we we start talking about these hot topics. And what I do is I use their current challenges. So their fights, their the things that are are really the problems, you know, the real difficulties. And and then I start helping them paint a picture because what I see is that it's always linked normally <laughs> to that past, to that broken the broken bits, the pain within. And so so when you, for me, what I've noticed is that when the light bulbs go on and people start realizing that, oh my God, this is this is my pattern that I've had since you know I was a kid. This is mine. Well, it I find there's a turning point there because, you know, what, what I help them see is that if it's yours, like if it was created from within you in the first place then it's actually within your power to turn it around. <laughs> and so, Yes, exactly. So what I'm asking is, can you give our listeners a key, a key okay. that they could turn in the lock to be able to hold the awareness? Now, this takes a lot of deep inner awareness, but the awareness that something in me is being projected onto the other person. What's the key? Right. Okay. So... So one one really quick thing that I do is again, and I mentioned it briefly before. It's like that idea of um, uh, that idea of what I needed emotionally and didn't get as a kid is what I need now. So so when I use their triggers, so whenever someone's it triggered, so they're intense, they have an intense emotional reaction to something that's happened. So say their spouse has done something and it's triggered this intense emotional reaction. And when I help them whittle it down, it goes to say it's fear or abandonment or, um, you know, it's always my techniques are about recognizing your triggers and, and understanding how it's pulling up the pain from the past and then ask yourself, well, what did I need in that moment? Now for me personally, I, I needed that validation. I needed validation that I was okay, that I was, a lov- that I was lovable, even though I wasn't really getting a lot of attention. Um, and that's what I believed. I believed that there was something wrong with me. The tincture is to yeah, counter that. Yeah, and that's that. what every it's, child makes up. Every child, because a child yeah. can't say, oh, perhaps my parents are overwhelmed, and perhaps right. they're struggling with anxiety, or perhaps they have intergenerational cycles of their own. Children just go, I feel bad, I must be bad. Right. So, so getting back to your question, the quick go-to um, kind of tip is to know that if I'm being triggered, that, that it's likely, and, and I'm having the emotional reaction, that reaction is mine, it's likely stemming to my past, and then to ask myself, well, what did I need back then? I love that question, what did I need? Because that's a question that allows for some skillfulness. So we can begin to bring skillfulness. What did Mm -hmm. I need? Because when we get in touch with 
I mean, I can feel, uh, you know, even just saying that, there's a mm-hmm. kind of space that opens up, and I call it heart space, you know, where your heart can open and soften instead of being tight and hard and projecting anger and, and you know, all this mm-hmm. other stuff onto the other person because it brings it back into what did I need? There's compassion mm-hmm. in that question. And, of course, back to Course in Miracles, the whole idea of being able to be compassionate with ourselves and with others is a core piece of us actually being more human, being more human. So we only mm-hmm. have a few minutes. It just went so fast. If you right. could, could talk a little bit more about the the idea of couples being able to shift, using right. the question, what did I need? What's the next step? Right. So instead of so when, I, when I'm working with them, I, I ask them, okay, instead of arguing about the surface stuff, the irrelevant behavioral stuff, say, let's get to know each other's stories. I find when relationships really turn around is when, you know, you learn your, about your partner's trauma. You learn about their emotional pain. And then you learn, oh, my goodness, I'm doing these things to trigger all of that. It really evokes a lot of compassion and understanding. And that's when the dynamic I see switches from attack and defense to compassion and love and support. And, and for me, I love it. You know, it's like when I'm sitting across from them, you can see the body language shift. They soften. They turn in. I've got to say this because I've worked with so many couples who've gotten so stuck because they Mm -hmm. didn't experience enough compassion themselves growing up. It's almost like uh, they have to start to seed within themselves that I deserve compassion in order to show it to their partners. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, almost, almost like certainly. something inside me has to first embrace compassion before I can offer it. Because I know what you're you're aiming for, and I know that's where couples need to get. And and I just want to add this piece. It's just been my experience that if you can say, "What did I need? How can I offer more of that to myself?" It gets easier to offer it to the other person and not get stuck in that cycle of blame. So right. we have just a minute left. What do you want to leave us with? This has been so rich and so wonderful, Joyce. I very much appreciate what you've had to share. Oh, thank you. Well, I just, yeah, I just love seeing that relationship turn around. And when we realize that, you know, our broken bits have been with us long before our partner ever showed up, then it's, you know, it's it's really, you can be optimistic and you can say that if, you know, if, if I created this, then I can create a different experience and I can meet my emotional needs. And then I can go like the Course in Miracles says, you know, uh, the holy relationship where you're Great. extending now, Joyce, love. Great. Now, we have rather. to leave it there. Do me a favor and give everybody your website, would you please? Sure. It's Joyce-Shafers.com. And spell your last name for them so they get it just okay. right. Everybody it's write S- this down. It's S-C-H-A-F like Frank, E-R-S, like Sam, dot com. Beautiful. Joyce Schaefer, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you as our guest. Big thank you to you. 
Thank you to our executive producer, LeGrand Green, to our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, who also comes from a large family, Joyce, like you, and so do I. I'm the second of seven. <laughs> so to all you modern lovers out there, I'll see you soon at one of our live one-day intensive modern love trainings, and you can go to our website, www.drbrendawade.com. Blessings, everyone. Good night. <laughs>